I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Kaching with Jane King podcast, a podcast from parents to parents to help us teach the next generation about money. Today's podcast is brought to you by Wasabi Rabbit. Wasabi Rabbit is a veteran-owned digital marketing agency that provides brand campaign and user experience transformations that accelerate business growth. For more information, you can go to wasabirabbit.com. And with me as always, Kim Mustin, friend, mom, Wall Street executive, Kim, welcome again. Oh, it's so good to be here. You know, I was thinking, Jane, we should have had today's guest in October for Halloween because I can't think of anybody who can scare me more than Adam. (laughs) I am so excited for him to talk about the things that are lurking out there in cyberspace and what we can do to protect our kids. Absolutely. And uh, with us today is uh, Adam Levin, co-founder of Credit.com, founder of IDT 911, author, consumer advocate, former director of the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs, in general, the go-to person on the planet about how to protect yourself and your family from ID theft. So thank you, Adam, for joining us on this really important topic today. Well, Jane, thank you for having me. And Kim, always good to see you. And just remember, scaring is caring. (laughs) Now, I don't even know where to start, Adam. Scams are everywhere. but I do TV and radio reporting every day, and it seems like I'm always talking about some kind of ID theft, some kind of data breach. You know, you've written a book on this, Swiped. Tell us about that. This is a resource for people. They can look at that and find out what the situation is and how to prevent problems. Well, think of it as a survival guide. It starts with the premise that breaches have become the third certainty in life. I mean, think about the fact that over one billion, that's Dr. Evil, pinky to the lips, billion (laughs) files containing personal identifiable information from each and every one of us and a whole lot of other people is floating around out there right now, having been improperly accessed over the past few years. And they estimate that in 2016, another one billion files will be breached. Combine that with the fact that just four breaches in 2015, four that were the big ones, mm-hmm. just those breaches alone exposed 120 million social security numbers, wow. which are the skeleton keys to our lives. So you figure one third, and that's best case, one third of the American population has their social security numbers out there and in the hands of people who wish to exploit it. Mm. Okay. Tons of questions. Kim, you want to take over? Yeah. Or- I, so- in the book, Swiped, which I've read, it's awesome. I highly recommend it for a big scare and also a, a plan of attack as you 
uh, told me for how you can prevent this and heaven forbid it ever happens to you. What do you do to get yourself out of it? But chapter eight of the book was titled appropriately, It's a Hard Knock Life. And you talk specifically about social security numbers and that um, up until about 30 years ago, kids didn't have to get social security numbers. But in order for you to take advantage of them on your taxes as dependents, they started requiring it. And I mean, when I think about that, I don't have occasion to really use my kids' social security numbers ever. But how is it that these scammers have access specifically to um, our kids' social security numbers? How should we be thinking about the protection of that? Because when I think about myself, you know, maybe I do a credit, I get a credit score once a year and would know if something came up on my credit score. But for my kids, it might be 18 years before they apply for credit. How should we as parents be thinking about protecting them in that kind of a situation? Well, this goes to the whole theory of my book, which is that we now have to look at this in terms of what I call the three M's. How do you minimize your risk of exposure? How do you monitor? And what's your plan for managing the damage? And the problem is you can do everything right. But if you're on the wrong database at the wrong moment and the wrong person gains unauthorized access and the social security number of your child is on that database, you're going to be looking over your life. They're going to be looking over their shoulder for the rest of their lives. So there's a few things that that we need to do. and, And that's where I focus on kind of the second M, and that's monitoring. And it's very important for parents to monitor their children's credit. It is unnatural, mm-hmm. but, but what it's if you have entirely a appropriate. They even, you know, how well, you, you never that? know. I mean, right. I know of a case uh, where a, a woman's daughter was one year old, and yet she had been a victim of identity theft nine years before she was born. Oh, my goodness. That someone had invented a number that they used as a social security number that had never been issued by the Social Security Administration. And that they won't change the number either. So they committed crimes, and then that number was assigned to her, and all of a sudden she had literally a criminal record. Oh, my goodness. As well as destroyed credit. And and she's won, and already she's got to fight this, or her parents, I guess, have to fight Correct. This and get this all wiped out. There is nothing more delicious to an identity thief than a child's social security number. It's pristine. Probably no one's going to look at it for 17, 18 years until that child is thinking about their first car or renting an apartment or their college loan. So they have a free run. Now, there are ways that this information gets out there. Databases get hacked, especially databases of medical insurers, doctor's offices, medical facilities. There are people who work in hospitals that are lurking around, specifically looking for young people and their social security numbers, which are available in hospitals, and they steal them and they use them. And in particular, their favorite crime is to file fake tax returns. Wow. How can you? How can a parent find out if their child's social security number has been breached? Is there a way to do that? Well, there's the bad way, which is you get a call from a debt collector or you attempt to file a tax return and are informed that you can't because the social security number on your return has already been filed. Or you get a pre-approved credit card offer for your child. You know, a lot of people think okay. that's a mistake, but it's not. And you chuck it in the trash. Precisely. Interesting. So what you should shouldn't. you do? What you should. should you do? If you, you should. Get well, first of all, if you get something like that, you immediately contact the creditor. Okay. 
uh, you immediately contact the credit reporting agencies and you may even want to immediately contact the police. But there's another horrible form of child-related identity theft, and that is it occurs within the family and friends unit. Mm. We have case upon case upon case of parents stealing their child's identities. Mm. Now, in some cases, they do it in an innocent way. And that is we have to keep the heat and lights on. Our credit is horrible. We're going to pay the bill. There's no way our child is going to be concerned about this because this is for their benefit. And unfortunately, then they run into financial trouble. They can't pay the bill and their child's credit is ruined. In the foster care community, 10% of all foster children are victims of identity theft. So sad. Because their information is contained on cards that are passed from family to family to family. And oftentimes there are people in those families who prey upon these kids. Hmm. So it's a terrible thing. So how do you do it? Well, you can go to annualcreditreport.com, put your child's social security number in there. If nothing comes back, that still may not be the end of the story because they could be a victim of synthetic identity theft, which is where they take one social security number, another person's name and address, a third person's birth date, and they create a bonic person. So you can also contact each of the credit reporting agencies. If you go online, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, each have specific procedures you have to follow. Now, in one case, they will create a file and freeze it. In other cases, they will want to know that there's an issue before they freeze a file. And over 22 states now permit file freezing for children. Hey, you talk in the book about the fact, I mean, it sort of seems like a really simple solution to all this is that the Social Security Administration shares this with credit reporting agencies so that automatically gets frozen for some period of time. Any progress on that at all? Unfortunately not. Um, There was a proposal by the Identity Theft Resource Center that I thought was really quite brilliant. And that was that uh, any child from the date of their birth to their 17 years, 10 months, their name, the month and year of their birth, and their social security number would go on an index that would be much like the death index. And then any time a credit report would be run, it would be run against that index. And if anything came up, there would be all sorts of bells and whistles going off. That hasn't really gained a lot of acceptance yet. There are a couple of pilot programs in different states. Utah's running one with TransUnion where they're matching uh, employer uh, information against these files. But in general, it's, it's, it's got a long way to go. You know, I was going to ask if things are getting better, but I think I got my answer to that in our first few minutes. It doesn't sound like they're getting better at all. Hmm. What about social media? What role does that play in kids and ID theft? Well, I say to a lot of kids that, you know, you can be a positive influence for your family or you can unfortunately be a weapon of individual and mass destruction within the household. And and that is when kids float around using parents' devices mm-hmm. <laughs> and clicking on every link they can find because it looks like it's really cool uh, unfortunately, they could be clicking on something that puts malware on your computer, or they could be providing information to the wrong people. There's an interesting story. A woman that used to work for us at credit.com, she said to her, her daughter, who was quite young at the time, listen, do me a favor. Never, ever, ever tell anyone your name or your address. One day, uh, she came to her mom and said, I think I messed up. I gave these folks my name, real name, and address. 
And her mother said, well, don't ever do it again. Her name was uh, Ashley. 11 years later, two pre-approved credit card offers showed up at her home. One in the name of Ashley with her real last name. And the other one, Ashley ain't telling you. It was a website that kids went to that was obviously, even though it shouldn't have been, selling children's information to marketing companies that then sold the information to banks. Now, that's an innocent situation, but it still could prove dangerous, especially if that information gets tossed in the garbage can unshredded. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there that steal garbage and look for unshredded, sensitive documents that they can then use to create a mosaic of someone's life and commit identity theft. As parents, are there things that you can put on to a device that will prevent them from being able to click through on any of these things? Are there any monitoring tools out there that you could make us aware of that might be helpful for for parents to have on these electronic devices? Because let's face it, these things look so adorable. Oh, some cute, love them. Some cute little cat that runs across the screen and you click on it and off mm-hmm. you go. But w- anything we can do? Not a lot. I mean, there are certain things, think of them as parental controls. There certainly are programs that that are available that that monitor these devices where parents can actually follow what's going on, especially as your child gets a little older and they start communicating with other people and you want to make sure they're communicating with the right people as opposed to dangerous people. Um, your child has to kind of buy into it because they can always switch an email address on you if you don't know. But that could be one of the deals. You want the iPhone? Then you have to allow me to be able to see what's going on and mm. Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat and things like that. But uh, we got a long way to go on that. Yeah, I mean, because let's face it, we're talking about something scary around financial data. But there's physical security as sure. well. That's that's a whole other topic. Well, now, you see, th- that's another problem. In social networking, parents have this unquenchable thirst to share every morsel of their family's existence with other people. People they know, people they think they know, people they don't know, and people that if they really knew who they were, they really wouldn't want to know. And they do everything like share birth dates. They don't disable uh, location services on their smartphones before they take pictures. Now, Facebook scrambles the geotag, but there's this little geotag, which is a code, which is on photographs, which effectively tells you where and when it was taken. Now, imagine there's little Susie. It's her second birthday. She's at the park. Mom takes a zillion pictures and then posts on social networking. So excited to be with little Susie on her second birthday today. Now, a predator following this, as if they were a friend on social media, would be able to tell where and when that photograph was taken. So now he or she knows how old little Susie was, the park that she plays at, and other uh, information, including what she looks like. Mm -hmm. They could easily go up to her and say, hey, Susie, I'm really sorry I missed your party yesterday at the park. But and I and I spoke to mommy and I have a very special present for you. Why don't you come with me? Oh, my goodness. So this is this is one of the dangers that you have if you fail to disable location devices on your phones. Plus, people take quizzes in quizzes. They reveal an enormous amount of information. Mm -hmm. Some of that information ends up as security questions uh, through social network. They also love to take pictures of their new car, their new art, their new jewelry 
uh, their fabulous new stereo system. And anybody watching, especially if it's Geotag, knows what it is, where it is, and what they're going to have to do to haul it off. Hmm. So be careful in social networking. And I remember, Adam, you told me just because you're tagging this to only be able to go to your friends, people that aren't your friends can actually get to that. So it's not enough to just say only my friends can see this because hackers are hacking in on all this type of information. That's very important is, is to never forget hackers are creative. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. They are sophisticated and they are persistent. And if they decide that there is something that is of interest to them, they're going to go after it. Just like if you think about it, in our homes, we are surrounded by Internet of Things devices. Everything from your baby monitor to your security system to your HVAC system, all of these devices are connected and interconnected. And all of them, if they have weak passwords, in many cases, even your router has a password that is the manufacturer password, could be something as powerful as admin mm -hmm. or password <laughs> right. needs One, two, to be three, changed yeah. <laughs> because they could get in there and they could use that right into your to network. So you have to be careful about that as well. And then also we've got these new devices like the Alexa, you know, Google Home. What are, how is that kind of mixing up all of this as well? I mean, are they able to monitor what we're doing, connect to different devices so somebody can get in here and figure out how we you know what we watch on TV or? Oh, absolutely. This is all part of the Internet of Things. Yeah. And it is designed to track and gather information and then send it back to the manufacturer, presumably to make a better, more interesting and consumer friendly product. But unfortunately, if it gets hacked by somebody, they're very interested too. Example, they're developing a new product that is a smart mattress cover. Oh, come on. This will determine the firmness your bed should be in order okay. for you to sleep more effectively. Uh -huh. It will also tell when you're stirring. So therefore, lights can go on, heat or air conditioning could go on, the coffee pot could go on. It also can tell when you're going to sleep. All this information is also being gathered and sent back somewhere. But it's all part of a society designed for convenience. But the issue is when convenience, excuse the pun, trumps security, um, you know, you have a, you have a potential issue here. So people have to be mindful, change passwords, make them long and strong. And remember that unfortunately we're not alone. 
everything requires a password. And the easiest thing is to have one password that you use for everything. But I know you'll tell me that that is the weakest <laughs> thing no. ever, right? And what about but, fingerprints, yeah, too? Yeah, and yeah, and the fingerprints. Mm-hmm. But maybe any uh, services that you use that are password safe or anything like that that you could recommend for people? Well, there are a number of wonderful ones. Uh, Dashlane, for one. Um, 1Pass, LastPass. True key. Those are password generators. Those are password okay. managers, generators. Okay. They're all very good. There, there are different ways that they do it. We are moving more toward biometrics. Mm-hmm. Biometrics is a good thing. There is so much information. There have been so many hacks. And, and what these folks do is if they don't think they have enough information, they go the next route. They fish you. Mm-hmm. Now, there are four kinds of phishing. There's phishing, which is dear cardholder, dear member, dear account holder. Spear phishing. Dear Jill, dear Bob, dear Tom, vishing, that's where someone calls you on the phone, representing themselves to be either the IRS, which they're not, or your bank. Now, banks do call legitimately sometimes asking you to confirm transactions on your accounts. Mm -hmm. However, the minute they go into trying to authenticate you, then you should immediately hang up. And I know utility bills. People will call and try to get money. Utility bills just Hang up and call the number on your bill. Always, always. And don't give any money ever over the phone. Just call that bill back and... Oh, and, and, let, and let me give you an outline. So one omnibus tip on passwords is that... Well, a few things. First is don't share them across your universe of websites. Because if you get hacked in one, they've got you. They got everything. Secondly, try to use something other than your email address as a user ID. Okay. Now, I realize that there were some websites that just don't let you do it, but um, try to do it uh, because if someone has your email, which is almost ubiquitous, they pretty much have half your logon and they can figure out what else is going on. They can get in there. Um, Use two-factor authentication. That's where you start the login process. It may say unfamiliar device, and send you a code. Uh, even if it isn't a familiar device, some some sites mm-hmm. require you still yeah, to, I've had that to take a code. The bank your, and, uh-huh. Right, which is a very good thing yeah. because if someone steals your stuff, it's good to know that they're attempting to get in because if they can't put in the code, they can't get in. And on security questions, when you set up your security protocols, lie. Okay. They don't need to know what your mother's real maiden name is or your favorite pet okay. or your school. Here I am, like, honest. Oh, my mom, you yeah. know, where I went to high school in my first car. And, and, and see, the and, problem is that yeah. in social networks, so much of that information shows up yeah. that, uh, you know, as a result, they can put it all together and all of a sudden they got a way in. I mean, if you look at the IRS get transcript breach, it wasn't really a breach. Folks walked in the front door. And because they knew enough to answer out of wallet or personal questions, because there was so much information out there, just like the Apple celebrity nude gate. First, they were fished yeah. to get whatever information they could. Then they went to websites because, you know, TMZ and all the others just can't help themselves. They have to tell everything. And they had enough information from phishing and that uh, to do it. Oh, and by the way, the last form of phishing is smishing. It's based on texts. Okay. That's where you get a text that tells you that your bank account has been frozen. And you can thaw it by simply doing uh, this thing. money somewhere. Yeah. Well, click on – no, not that. You just <laughs> oh, click, okay. on, click on the link. It takes it. you to a website that looks like your financial institution, asks you a variety of questions, and you're giving up your login information or your social security number or a number of things. So rule of thumb, never, ever, ever authenticate yourself 
to anyone that contacts you, the only way you should authenticate yourself is if you're in control of the interaction, whether it's online, in person, or on the phone. And then if they ask you who you are, that's not illogical. You just have to decide how much information you want to give them. Well, this is fascinating, uh, slightly terrifying. Um, I told you, it's scary. <laughs> well, your book, I'm sure, would be so useful to people to just know what is going on there, uh, the extent to this and how difficult it is, but also some tips you can do to uh, prevent or at least reduce your chances, your risks in this. I, no, no, there's Great just, tips on monitoring in the book. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, monitoring all about annualcreditreport.com where you get a free copy of your credit report. Sites like credit.com where you get free scores updated frequently. And if there's a drop in your score, it could indicate a problem. Check your accounts daily or sign up for alerts from your bank or credit card company uh, that notify you anytime there's activity in your accounts because credit and debit cards are sold by zip code in order to evade bank monitoring systems. There are more sophisticated forms of monitoring you can get from the bureaus or companies like LifeLock, Credit Sesame. Credit Karma, Credit.com, and uh, look in particular for what's called the instant alert. And the instant alert, instead of, hey, Jane, uh, somebody opened an account in your name. Six like months the, ago. Six months <laughs> okay. ago. Yeah. It's now, uh, someone is attempting right now, Kim, to open an account in your name. Is it you? Yes or no? Yeah. And then once you say no, if it isn't, bells and whistles go off and the, the transaction is stopped. And then uh, you should also consider a credit freeze where you, no one, including you, can get into your credit. In the absence of thong, you can do it through each of the individual credit bureaus. And because it is individually done, if you find out from a creditor when you apply for credit that they pull one particular bureau, then you only need to thaw that particular report. In most cases, it's a few bucks in or out. If you're a senior, it's less. If you had been a victim, it's even less or zero. And the final M is manage the damage. Now, a lot of people don't realize that they have relationships with institutions that have programs that help you through situations like this. And it could be a perk of your relationship and free. Many insurance companies through homeowners, auto owners, and rental policies uh, many financial institutions, credit unions, probably more so than big banks. Big banks like to charge big bucks for monitoring, and there's yeah. some resolution. And HR departments where you work. So ask your insurance agent, your bank services rep, or the HR department, do you have a program? Am I in it? If not, what do I need to get to do to get in it? Is it free or what's it going to cost me? Well, the book is Swiped, Adam Levin. Thank you so much. And you have an interesting sweepstakes also it, with this. Tell it, us about that. It's a fun sweepstakes. You you can uh, enter by coming to adamlevin.com. And there will be, for a number of people, a free monitoring program available for the first number of people. I think it's 100. Uh, and the winner of the sweepstakes actually gets folks from Identity Theft 911 Real people who will prove themselves that they're real people will come to your home and they will hack proof your house. They will go through your systems. Wow. They will check awesome. your Internet of Things devices. Uh, they will help educate the family as to the things to do and not to do. They'll help you reset passwords. And their goal is to make your house uh, as uh, small and attackable service as possible. Because in the world we live in, there's one goal. And there's how do we reduce our attackable surface 
and make ourselves harder targets. Okay. Thank you so much, Adam, for joining us. Today. Such important information. And um, I just think, you know, it's so important today that we know how to do this. So Adam Levin, co-founder of Credit.com, founder of IDT 911, author, consumer advocate, former director of the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs, and guru on cybersecurity. So really appreciate it. Very important information with us today. Thank you both for having me. And Kim and I have this mission to promote financial literacy for kids. And one group is doing something pretty cool. It's Junior Achievement of San Diego. They have a new program with the San Diego School District to do exactly what we believe, I think, is needed in all of our school systems. So I got a chance to talk with the JA San Diego president, Martha Black, about what they're doing. Tell me about what Junior Achievement and the San Diego schools are doing together. Junior Achievement is... Um, really an opportunity to work with all of the students in the San Diego area. There are 38 school districts, and we teach kids K through 12 how to manage their money and how to save their money. And there's a few sobering facts in California. We receive an F in California in teaching students about financial literacy. And California is only one of 11 states that provides zero financial literacy to our students. So what that means for us in San Diego is that only half of the students here know how to create a budget, and only 21% of the students think it's important to save their money. So Junior Achievement works with um, the students in San Diego to help them to prepare to dream bigger and achieve success in today's global marketplace. And we do that by teaching financial literacy, work readiness, and entrepreneurship. Now, you're working with about 7,000 students total. Is that correct? In the San Diego Unified School District with our Finance Park program, they have um, committed to 7,000. All of their sophomores uh, will come through our Finance Park. Finance Park opened in October of last year, and we will be serving probably about 14,000 students, of which 7,000 are from San Diego Unified. And the finance park is re- like hands-on financial learning, like uh, home loans, purchasing a car, producing a budget. So tell me a little bit how the finance park works. Well, finance park is our newest state-of-the-art. It's our mission-fed JA finance park, and it helps students and adults plan for career and financial success. So when the students come to the park, they've received a life situation and an income based on a real San Diego job that they chose in the classroom. They had classroom activities where they're learning about um, different life situations and career planning. So they have their life situation, they have their job, and then they go through the park and they learn how to buy a home or rent an apartment, how to purchase a car, or if they can't afford a car, maybe they'll need to take the bus or the trolley. Uh, They shop for groceries, make investments, and save for the future. And at the end of the day, they need to balance and meet their monthly budget. What are some real-life examples of how this has impacted kids? Have you seen a real jump in knowledge and understanding of how budgeting and finance and business and all that works with these kids? Absolutely. The kids at the end of the program have said things like, wow, I had no idea how hard it was (laughs) to be an adult. (laughs) Um, I need to go home and thank mom and dad. I need to maybe stay at home and go to college so I can get a better job because my friend 
had a higher paying job and they were able to buy a house and I had to rent an apartment. So it gives them a real eye opener to what's going on um, as you become an adult because most students think, um, like I did when I got out of high school, you know, I owned the world and I could do whatever I wanted. And what they realized is, hmm, not so much. I need to maybe take a step back and plan better. Yes, well, this is very important. I mean, just for these kids to learn and for the future of our country. And, and I really hope that other junior achievement programs take a cue from you and also work with schools to teach us because it just sounds like an excellent, excellent program. And thank you so much, Marla, for joining us on the podcast today, Kaching with Jane King, the president of Junior Achievement of San Diego County. And best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marla. And thank you for listening today. We always welcome your comments and suggestions. We are hashtag kids Kaching on all the socials. Thank you, Kim. We'll see you next time. We'll have some more fascinating inf- information and interviews about helping teach your kids to be money savvy. We'll catch you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.